greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Shabbat Shalom, Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. We got through another week, and what a blessing it is to be here on Yahuwah's Sabbath. Remember, subscribe to the channel, and if you like the teaching, do give us some thumbs up, and I look forward to being able to answer some of those questions that you guys have in the chat. All of you in the chat, Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah, for joining us. It's so good to have the community and stay connected. So remember, go to TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect and you can see all of our Zoom platforms where you can get together, meet one another almost every day of the week. So it's really a great opportunity, especially in this quarantine zone that we still find ourselves in. Here in Oregon, it's been extended for another 60 days. So I know that people are getting impatient. This is the time to press in. And today we're pressing in to a new chapter, Revelation chapter 9. Revelation chapter 9. I want to thank you all that are donating to the ministry for your generosity. It truly, truly means so much. In a time like this, when so many people are suffering and going through all kinds of turmoil, your faithfulness and your stewardship to this ministry is overwhelming. The letters that I receive um, each and every week, um, the snail mail is phenomenal, inspiring, and I save them up and read them every Shabbat. So thank you all, Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. I'm excited to be here to be able to teach today. And remember, we are in a new chapter. Let's turn there together. Revelation chapter 9. And we are looking at the sound of the shofarim, the sound of the shofars, the trumpets, right here in Revelation chapter 9. We come to the fifth heavenly angel. The fifth heavenly angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from the shamayim, the heavens to earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. So whatever's going on right now, whatever it is, and there's so much theory, so much speculation, it boggles the mind, but we all know that the origins of this Wuhan COVID, its origins is now being fanned and now the consequence of, of it to all of us in the world, it is now being taken advantage of by those that have fallen a long time ago into an occult, luciferic, worldwide scheme. And you don't want to let a crisis go to waste. And this crisis that we're in, they won't let it go to waste here in Oregon. Well, my goodness, let's extend it for another 60 days. Wherever you are, we don't know. I don't know, but you can put it up in the chat. How long is your quarantine extended for? Or are you on the slow release system? Again, we can see that something very occult happens here in Revelation chapter 9. Isaiah the prophet tells us the origins of this wickedness and the fall in the 14th chapter and the 12th verse. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? And then in Luke chapter 10, verse 18, we know that it is written. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning 
fall from the heavens. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. There's our scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not, that the Ruachim, that the spirits are subject unto you. But rather rejoice, because your names are written in the Shamaim, the heavens. And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Master, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. You see, whatever is going on right now, understand that Yahweh sits on the throne and that it is spiritual in nature because the origins of this in Wuhan that has now spread to the world is now carried on by an occult realm that will not let this crisis go to waste. So we are the recipients of that, but ultimately our spiritual victory has been assured the moment we came to know the Lamb. And our spiritual future is assured by us pressing in and standing. And then if you're still able to stand, stand. This is the, the time to stand because we know unto him that was fallen and to those that follow after the beast system was given the key to the bottomless pit. So I want to look at this because there are three levels to existence, just like we know, and we can compare it to the living man, how we are a spirit, a living spiritual being, but we have a soul and we have a body. We are tripartite. But also there is the three levels of existence. We have the earth, we have the heavens above, and we have the underworld beneath. And this is where the theory of the hollow earth was conceived from, of course, from the depths of the earth. You've got this hollow tunnel, which, of course, connected with the world by a shaft. Now, is this the temporal prison of S.A. Tan during the millennial reign? Well, some would posture that. Is this the home or place of the imprisonment of demons? Well, we're going to see a lot of demonic activity right here in Revelation chapter 9. But we can also look not as just the three levels of existence, the earth, the heaven above, and the underworld beneath. But like I said, we can also compare these three levels to man. And when I go outside today and you go outside, which isn't as often as we'd like, to the grocery store, don't you kind of almost see how you could break the people up into three categories? There's those that are really afraid. They are masked and gloved up, and you can see the fear in their eyes if you get too close to them. And then there's those that are just cautious. You know, they're not swimming in the Kool-Aid, but they're cautious. And then there's those that are just unmasked, ungloved, bold as lions, and they're not buying this at all. And it's like life goes on as normal, as best as we can. We have this different subset of humanity. Those that are buying into it, those that are cautious, and those that aren't buying into it at all. 
And this really does break up the level of existence in a spiritual realm between the carnal man, him who is terrified because his spirit is so small, to the man that's in the soulish realm. He vacillates lukewarm between the two, the spiritual and the carnal nature. So he's just cautious, not really sure his foundation isn't a sure foundation. And then there's the spiritual man, the man that's ungloved, unmasked, and he knows that it's not about our flesh. Why would we care about our flesh? That doesn't mean that we're reckless, but we have a confidence that Yahweh is able to deliver us from all things, both natural, spiritual, and we're able to stand. And in a crisis, it's the people that are able to stand that can think and not panic that will be able to navigate the days ahead. So if you're in the other group, right now is a time to press in in your faith and raise up the spiritual you to stand to stand because we don't want to be caught in the other categories just as we're going to see now because in luke chapter 8 verse 30 yahushua asked them saying what is thy name because we're talking about demonic influences in our current world and when yahushua came upon those that were influenced by spirits. Yahushua addressed, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils are entered into him. When I see the things coming out of Bill Gates' mouth, I see the things coming out of these so-called leaders. They're not leading. They're not standing. They're just going with whatever the culture of fear will allow them to push more and more forward. But I see that devils have entered into the psyche of the culture. Devils. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. You see, all this will bring ultimately to one point. Destruction for those that follow the flow or glory to those that embrace the Lamb. So we really are coming into a separation of the sheep and the goats. And it's becoming clearer and more apparent. And those that side with the demonic hosts, they will not let this crisis go to waste. It will be continually, continually dragged out. And even when there is a, a release, the release will never be a proper release because the slaves will stand on the marks, stand on the X's and do what they're told. The slaves will be in the scorpion drone system. What do I mean, scorpion drones that will sting you they will sting you when you're outside of that six-foot zone. They will sting your social economic status because right now you just got addressed. It was Larry who just said before we went live, he was going into the grocery store and somebody came up to him and accosted him. Well, where's your mask? Did you forget it today? It's not even law. But now you see there is this whole worldview of distinctions separation 
We get back into our text and we can see, though, that this influence in Revelation 9, it is occult, it is fear-based, and the scorpion sting. What is the scorpion sting? Well, I could go into vaccine theory. I could talk about the scorpion drones. I mean, the drone program right now that is being launched worldwide for surveillance, it is absolutely I wouldn't say terrifying, but it's unreal that they're getting away with it. Not so much in America, but I know in the UK, the drone surveillance over there right now is insane. I mean, 20 years ago, the surveillance in the UK with the cameras boggled my mind. I mean, they're, they're light years ahead of so many countries with their surveillance. But now their Scorpion drone programs and what they're doing. And again, like I said last week, the six-foot distance is the perfect distance to be able to track people. If you get too compacted together, those drones can't pick up the individuals or tap into your cell phone, your mobile device. And those social distancing guidelines are for what they're rolling out currently as we see this global pandemic continue to be thrust by those that are following an occult, an occult ideology of enslavement. Now, we know when Yahusha addressed the writers, um, excuse me, when Luke wrote about what Yahusha communicated in the book of Luke in the 8th chapter and the 30th verse, the ultimatum was, would these legion be cast into the abyss? And the fear was, of course, that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. But here in Revelation chapter 9, we find an angelic being, a disembodied spirit, if you will, falls from the heaven to earth. But understand, this is divinely commissioned to carry out Yahuwah's purposes. Just like Nebuchadnezzar, he was divinely commissioned to carry out Yahuwah's purposes. Here in Revelation 9, we find the same type of thing unfolding. And he opened the bottomless pit, Revelation 9 verse 2, and there arose smoke out of the pit. And as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened, because of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of Yahuwah on their Foreheads. The name of Yahuwah is all-powerful. All-powerful. But there are other, other things going on here. This is so important that we understand. Now, I'm going to look at this in definitely more of a test, uh, textual, historic context because otherwise I could get too carried away with the scorpion drones. I could get too carried away with the surveillance, I could get too carried away with the COVID, and I could get too carried away with the social distancing, I could get too carried away with the vaccine sting, the incubation period after five months and death resulting, but really not resulting because they would cry out and death wouldn't come to them. I think we can all see what I'm talking about right now, and there's plenty of commentary out there 
on YouTube and the social media about the things that I'm speaking about. Now, do we know whether this is so? Well, yes, we do know there's drone programs that are up and running right now to a mass extent that never were before. We know that the ideology of these Luciferic occult people that are continuing to make this crisis last longer, it's an opportunity for them to do what they had wanted to do for many, many, many years, pre-planned or a pandemic of vaccines. We know that testing, health monitoring. This is about taking away your health rights and your human rights. Now, apparently, we get the false narrative now that this virus is actually racist. You know, it's actually attacking this particular um, skin color of people, but not this skin color of people. And it's now attacking this community and this community. Why? Because the Luciferic realm is about division, division, division. Whereas Yahuwah's realm, who isn't a, um, a respecter of pers persons, is about gathering a multi-ethnic tribes from the nations together where we work together as Joseph's Malkizedic coat. So the opposite of that is scatter, 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 fearmonger, and then direct income or vaccine therapy and volunteer testing like it's an opportunity for you, a great opportunity to cultures based upon skin color and ethnicity. This reminds me of what this country's government did to the African-American community in the 1940s. I mean, it, it, you know, and this reminds me also of how vastly the African-American community is, seems to be the ones that are in prison. Why is this? Why, why is there this division? Because this, though they may say something else, it is all about dividing up the children of Adam. Whereas Yahuwah is about gathering the children of Adam together. Because if we can all unite together under the banner of Yahuwah, under his great name as the children of Abraham, a multi-ethnic group in the nations. That is terrifying to a Luciferic occult realm. That is why even in this pandemic, apparently the virus goes to particular groups. Are you kidding me? It's a bloody virus. Unless it was manifest factured by man to do that. Oh, now we're back to the 1940s vaccine therapy on the African-American communities, aren't we? You see, this is insane to me. It is sinful man at his worst, at his worst, whereas Joseph's multi-ethnic color coat of gathering all 12 tribes from the nations is Yahuwah outdoing the Luciferic realm because he is going to gather all 12 tribes scattered in the nations. And you're tuning in, proof of that. Look at the chat. You're from all over the globe. You're from all over the world. You're a multi-ethnic group of Israelites coming in, and that is terrifying to those that want to divide us because it's just too, too biblical for their minds to comprehend. And that is exciting. That is exciting. Let me get back on track here. The balanced view, without the apocalyptic view of COVID-19, 
is to understand that Revelation chapter 9, the host of demonic locusts who attack the bodies of men but do not kill them. The balance view isn't for Matthew to go off on scorpion drones, isn't for Matthew to go off on vaccines and the things that I have just banged on about, but to actually understand that the backdrop of this being balanced is, of course, Joel chapter 2, verse 4, where the army are under the control of Yahuwah. They're his army. This is Yahuwah's army in Joel chapter 2, verse 11. They are ultimately under Yahuwah's control, yet here the plague of locusts are symbolic of demonic hosts both restricted, Revelation chapter 9, verse 5, and then untethered, and Yahuwah sanctions a king over them. Now, of course, it's tempting for me to vacillate back and forth between being balanced and, of course, having my COVID apocalyptic mind because of the world that we live in. But I do see here with the plague of locusts being symbolic of demonic hosts where they are both restricted and untethered, I can't help, I just can't help comparing that to how we as a society worldwide now are going through the restriction of quarantine. Then there will be the untethering and release, the slow release back out into society as they say we're going to be opening up the world. But then there's going to be a tethering again, and then there's going to be a release. And then there's going to be a tethering again, and then there's going to go and be a release. The same pattern is in Revelation chapter 9. The same pattern is throughout the prophecies of this scorpion king. So it's hard for me to stay balanced because I see also swaying more towards our current crisis that we do find ourselves in. But you know what? That's what the prophets did. They were able to take and layer the scripture, even though it was historic or a vision, and relate it to where we are at presently. So I'm trying to be balanced with this, but you know me, I do get a little tempted and tested to address the wicked world in which we live. And that's all he had to say on that subject. Let's continue on in our text. Revelation chapter 9. The more historic backdrop now is that locust in Hebrew is actually spelt Aleph, Resh, Bet, He. And it's pronounced Arabay. Arabay. Sounds very similar to Arabs, doesn't it? Arabay. Arabay. Now, one interpretation that holds a lot of weight is that these demonics are in fact Islamic jihadists empowered by their god Allah. Now, many don't realize, but according to the Hastings Encyclopedia, it says thus, Allah is a pre-Islamic name associated with the Babylonian god Bel, the moon god Sin. Now, we have to understand that Allah has 99 names, and number 62 is 
his name Al-Mumit, which means the destroyer, the destroyer, translated as Abaddon or Apollyon, Revelation chapter 9, verse 11. That is actually the moon god Sin, who is modern in modern terms since the 6th century, modern, called Allah. So, the 62nd name of the moon deity is Al-Mamit, the destroyer, translated as Abaddon or Apollyon. So, now we can get into a little bit of history. I talk about an Arab proverb which says thus, the locust has a head like a horse, a breast like a lion, like a camel, a body like a serpent, and antennae like the hair of a maiden. Now, modern Bible commentators, they'll try and transform the locust into like helicopter gunships with the pilots and the, the big 50 caliber sting in its tail. And, and, and I've listened to that. But that's not what's going on here. It sounds fun, and it was definitely big in the 80s when we were up against the Russians and the Afghanistan, and the uh, Russians were in Afghanistan, and you saw these massive big helicopter gunships. And this was birthed out of an evangelical Christian um, late great planet Earth mentality. I, I, I don't buy that, personally. I think the more balanced is to look at this in the Hebrew Arabay and then look at some of the history associated with that. It's not me making it up today in our day. This has been around for hundreds of years. What do I mean? Well, the Bible commentator W.B. Goodby began his commentary on Revelation 9 by stating thus. This chapter is a thrilling description of the rise and progress of the Mohammedan wars. Now, Adam Clark, in his commentary, said that John's revelatory description of the army of locusts, quote, certainly agrees better with the Saracens than with any other people or nation and agrees very well with the troops of the Mohammedan. Now, Matthew Henry, in his commentary on the army of locusts, he said this, quote, the armies of the Mohammedan empire. So this is a very balanced and an older view based upon not only history past, but the Hebrew word Arabay. John Wesley said this, all of this agrees with the slaughter which the Saracens made for a long time after Mohammed's or Muhammad's death. So the army of locusts came forth from a dark cloud of smoke, something that obscures your vision, something that obscures your vision, that rolled out of, in fact, the bottomless pit, meaning it was a cult and demonic in its origins. Now, the bottomless pit in the Greek is the Greek word abasusos, and the source, of course, for our English word, abyss. And now I can vacillate back to the Wuhan, because to the Wuhan, that to me seems like some kind of viral 
abyss, does it not? And out of that has come something that has obscured... I think we may have to upgrade on the, uh, the mic here. Think about that for a minute. Think about what? Think about that the abyss, the viral epidemic, apparently epidemic, it stems from the abyss in Wuhan. Now I'm going back to where we are at currently, and it brings forth a smoke, something that what? Deceives and blocks your true vision of the events that are unfolding. It's called a abyss smokescreen. Think about that while we upgrade the sound. All right, we're back. We're loud, but we're going to adjust that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, it's clear, isn't it? No pop, no pop. Give us some thumbs up on the sound while we blow you, blast your eardrums here and uh, uh, adjust the gain and whatnot. How are we doing? There we go. We're going to do a little sound test, so bear with me, everybody. Be patient. Be patient. It's live. That's what happens. Stuff happens. It's not scripted. It's live. Oh, it sounds clear. I'm going to turn myself down. I'm blowing my eardrums out. All right. We're looking at some of the more ancient... It's a relative word, isn't it? Commentary on the interpretation of Arabay, the locusts being, of course, the Mohammedans during, of course, the, the Saracen Wars. And remember, of course, that the Mohammedans pushed all the way up into northern France. Now, according to the Quran, any territory that has been captured by the Mohammedan that then falls back into the infidel's hand is a disgrace to the pre-Islamic moon god Sin and should 
according to the Quran, be recaptured. So right now, during this COVID-19, you'll notice you're not getting that much news about the Mohammedan centers, whether it be in Birmingham, whether it be in certain um, cities around Europe. They're not reporting on the fact that the quarantine in those areas is not being scorpion-droned. It's not being policed, because there is one group of people that won't take a lot of lip from government, unless, of course, it's the Saudi government, but definitely the Western governments that have capitulated to their Saracen wrath. And, of course, that is the Mohammedan community that are trying to push, push the um, Sharia laws through, and they are actually having a lot more freedoms right now in their communities than most of you. Why? Because of the fear of policing and restricting and tethering them because of the history of not being able to do that to a tribal profit-run mentality of, of course, the followers of this particular Abaddon, Apollyon, the destroyer, of course, the 62nd name of Allah, Al-Mamit. So Matthew Henry really nailed it, saying the armies of the Mohammedan Empire. And of course, then John Wesley agrees, saying this agrees with the slaughter with which the Saracens made for a long time after Muhammad's death. So the army of locusts, of course, come forth from a dark cloud of smoke that rolled out of the bottomless pit. The Greek word for that is, of course, the abosos, of course, where we get the abyss. Now, one of Islam's most prominent scholars of the 20th century is a fella called Abul al-Mawadi, and he used the very word abyss, which I find very interesting, when writings, writing excuse me, about the origins of Islam. Just listen to this. Now, in a book written to introduce English-speaking peoples to the basics of Islam, Mawadi tells his readers that Muhammad and his message came out of, listen to this, Arabia, the abyss of darkness. Their words, not mine. It's interesting now, economically, because of where we're at in this COVID-19, that Saudi Arabia is under great duress and extremely threatened. Why? because of the oil and gas markets. And of course, you know that um, oil just hit an all-time low, an all-time low. We're really going to see a commodity crisis in the Middle East. And now, what will that do? Of course, fan the flames of Western migration which is all about taking opportunity in a crisis. And if there were ever a people that have historically proven themselves to take advantage of every crisis, of course, is the Mohammedan. So right now, there's a lot going on, but not many people are talking about the Mohammedan and what is going on in the inner cities of Europe that isn't being reported. 
how they are unequally not being quarantined and restricted like those of the West natural born. Why? Because of the pushback that the policing cannot enforce and does not enforce historically and now culturally. Now, these same words that Mawaudi said, that Arabia is the abyss of darkness, these are his exact words, and they appear in bold print as a subheading in his book. So he identified Islam's source in bold print no less as the abyss of darkness. I find that very interesting then when we tie that in with the commodity market, our current crisis pandemic, the migration that we've seen over the past five years in Europe, now how the unequal weights and measures of if you're a natural born person, you're in quarantine, but oh, if you come from Tunisia and you're in Sweden, oh, well, you can pretty much do what you want in your community because we're not going in there. That's not right. And whilst you're all in quarantine, there's another group planning the destruction of the West and going to move right up just to where they were outside of Paris during, of course, the Mohammedan wars of the past century when, of course, they came up from North Africa. These, again, are times to not just be focused over there and forget what we have learned, but to be alert in all directions, all directions. Any large invading army might be compared to a swarm of locusts. Now, in the Bedouin romance Antar, the locust is introduced as the national emblem of the Ishmaelites. One of the ancestors, of course, of the Arabs. And the Muslim tradition speaks of locusts having dropped into the hands of the Prophet, of Muhammad, bearing on their wings a very strange inscription. We are the army of the great Al-Mumit. What? This is in their writings. Let me restate that. The Muslim tradition speaks of locusts having dropped into the hands of the Prophet Muhammad, bearing on their wings this inscription, quote, We are the army of the great Al-Mumit, the 62nd name of the moon god Sin, Allah, Al-Mumit meaning Apollyon or the destroyer that we find right here in Revelation 9. This can't be overlooked. This just cannot be overlooked. Now concerning the trees and the vegetation, the Quran says this, when you fight the battles of Allah, destroy no palm trees, nor burn any fields of grain, cut down no fruit trees. That's interesting. Historical references from the 3rd, 4th, and 5th centuries mention the Arabs. They wore beards, faces of men, and long uncut hair as the hair of women. In the Arab poem Antar, there's a reference to beards and shoulder-length hair and turbans on Arab men. 
It says thus, he adjusted himself properly. He twisted his whiskers, whiskers and folded up his hair under his turban, drawing it off his shoulders. So the Christian armies back in the day would report the locust swarms of the Mohammedans coming and their horses with the breastplates of armor and their hair flying out of their turbans and how it totally looked as if it was the locust swarm. So you can see, of course, why Christian commentators would take that tract. Look at verse 5. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented for five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he stings a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. So all I know is whether it is the torment at the hands of the Mohammedan or a post-COVID-19 inner city rampage, or the effects of government-controlled luciferic vaccine mandates and scorpion drone programs that are designed to track you. All I know is that revelation is real and that we are in for the summer of our lives. It is going to be a dry, a barren time where there is going to be release and opening up and then a restriction. And whilst all of this is happening and you're supposed to be looking over here, we need to be looking all around. We need to be aware not only of the Arabay, the Mohammedan and what's going on in the inner cities, but we also need to be aware of the drone projects and we need to be aware, most importantly, that the origins of everything that's happening now is demonically, demonically occult. It is now in the hands of the elite that will not let this crisis go to waste. That is in opposition to righteousness and a true freedom of humanity, where humanity gets to make decisions based upon life and liberty, the freedom of choice. Those choices are being restricted more and more with legislation. And all I know is that this time for us in Revelation is sobering, it's exciting, but it also gives me a great strength to stand. And if you're able to stand, now is the time to stand. Because we know in Revelation, Chapter set, um, 9, verse 7, it says thus, And the shapes of the locusts were like horses prepared to battle, and on their heads were as were crowns like gold. I mean, there was a time, wasn't there, when, when, when a golden corona meant that you were going to sit down with some friends and have some chips and salsa and, yeah, I'll take a golden corona. But now when we talk about golden coronas, I'm taken to this verse, and of course our mind is taken to the abyss of Wuhan. Do you see how I vacillate between <laughs> historical balance, scriptural text, and really seeing the world that we're in today? Day. 
It makes me very bad company in a grocery store, I must tell you. It makes me very bad company on the deserted streets that I find myself walking daily. It is, of course, the company of saints that I desire to be with, and that is with you today here on Shabbat in the chat and those of you that are connecting to us worldwide through TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. It's pretty cool. But let me get back into verse 7. And the shapes of the locusts were like the horses prepared to battle, and on their heads were, as it were, crowns of gold, and their faces were like the faces of men, and they had hair like the hair of women, and their teeth were like the teeth of lions, and they had breastplates like the breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots of many horses running into battle. And of course, you can see now the Saracen um, idea, how that came into the thought of Christians in bygone eras. And they had tails like scorpions that were the stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men for five months. So whether this is some scorpion drone that is able to sting your social credit score, whether it is able to um, report a restriction that you're no longer eligible to go back to work, enter grocery stores, I don't know. Whether this is the vaccine mandate that is going to bring some kind of abomination that is going to manifest within the body of humanity after five months and men would cry out and wish that they were dead, I don't know. But all I know is that whatever is happening in the world today is a crisis that they will not let escape them. They are going to push this and push this and push this. And we need to be a people that is aware not only of what's going on around us, but also in the inner cities that isn't being reported. And we need to look at the demographic targeting that this vaccine mandate is going forth. And that, to me, is all, again, about division, separation, and breaking down the human spirit, where Yahweh is all about gathering his people together from the nations and giving us hope, blessing, and a future, just like the prophet Jeremiah spoke, of course, in his day. Because really, just like Jeremiah experienced, I'm experiencing you're experiencing. They're laying siege to us. They're laying siege to us. What do you do in a time of siege? What do you do in a time of siege? We dwell in a very strange world. We dwell in a very strange time when the governments of man are laying siege to us. And I'm reminded, and was reminded, by a dear friend of mine of the Japheshites in 1 Samuel chapter 11, because we find ourselves dwelling amongst a world of people with the strength of the Japheshites. You may remember the narrative in 1 Samuel chapter 11. But Nahash was an Amorite 
and he came up to Jabesh and he wanted to establish his government up there. He wanted to establish his government. And he said to those in Jabesh, you know what? I'll make covenant with you if you pluck out your right eye. And the Jabeshites, they couldn't stand. They had no strength. They were so afraid that they considered it just to make covenant with the Amorites. I see that today. That people are willing to make covenant except the benefits from this new world order. That they're willing to give their right eye, pluck out their vision and not actually speak out to what they could see going on just because they want to accept the benefits of those that will make covenant with you if you're willing to give them your right eye. If it hadn't been for the intercession of the prophet and of Saul, then they would have literally made covenant with, of course, Nechash the Amorite. Pluck out your vision. Don't pay attention to what's going on around here. Just make covenant with us. In fact, that will be the only way we'll make covenant with you is if you pretend you don't see what's going on. That's the only way we'll make covenant because ultimately we're going to bring reproach to you that do make covenant with us that pluck out your right eye. And that's exactly what happened then. And that's exactly what they're doing now. We live in a world of people that are willing to do this. And if there isn't a prophetic intercession, there isn't a divine intercession, then the people would have been standing on X's with one eye. Do you not see... Do you not hear? Do you not see how this is unfolding to a society that has given up on the King of Kings 50 years ago in our educational systems? And now their descendants, they're just like the Jabeshites. Just like the Jabeshites. And you and me, we're like the prophets of old. And we're terrifying. We're terrifying to them. Unmasked, ungloved, and going strong. And you're a threat. And you'll be even more of a threat if you don't accept their medical martial law and all of the covenants that they're trying to bring forth into our society today. I'll chat on more next week and talk a little bit about the latter verses in Revelation chapter 9. But um, I've been locked up. You've been locked up. Let's get into the chat and see what you've got to say. So now's a great opportunity to put some of your questions up. Or maybe, maybe there's some of you out there that have an interpretation on Revelation 9. Let's talk about the locusts. We've looked at the Mohammedan. We look, you know, I've spoken about, of course, the, the drone projects, the vaccines. What are your thoughts? Now's a good time. If you want to make it easy on me, and I know you really do want to make it easy on me, me put a little red 
at Torah to the tribes, and then the visually impaired. I've got two eyes, and I'm not plucking one out, but I'll be able to see what you're saying on the screen. So let me go over here and see what you guys are doing. Oh, it sounds, this sound, smokes so much better, isn't it? What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Take a sip from my European sponsor here. All right, all right. Let's see, let's see here. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. We'll start off from a fella who's become a good friend of mine. Hashtag much more truth. Brandon, Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Brandon says this. Um, what part do you think the bride will play in, in partnering with Yahuwah to bring forth judgments like Moshe did? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I hadn't, hadn't really pondered that the way you phrased it. What part do you think the bride will play in partnering with Yahuwah to bring forth judgments like Moshe did? Mm. Stumped, mate. Stumped! Stumped. All right, here we go. Oh, look, you guys are coming in fast and strong here. Let me navigate this. Let me navigate this. Here we go. Oh, this is from Chris and Chelsea Mulroney. Baruch Hashem Yahweh. You guys, I haven't heard from you in years. I'm glad to see you're still around. Shabbat Shalom. Staying strong. Staying strong and standing. Matthew, if the star mentioned at the beginning of Revelation is a sentient being, do you believe that all stars in the heavens are sentient beings, angels? You know, Larry, weren't we um, discussing that this week about the... Um, the, ast the astronomical, the, the star systems, and how they were. Can you, um, oh, I know I'm putting you on the spot. We, we, were, we were having a conversation with a fella online about it, and we, we haven't really dug into it, but can you, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, it was with Malik uh, okay. online uh, on Facebook, and um, he was talking about, oh, boy, uh, the planets and uh, and how the angels represent are represented by the planets and um, uh. see if you can find that see if you can find that um, what he sent and maybe we'll go back to that and we can read it because that was right. quite interesting okay. but yeah good question there let's uh, we'll see if we can come back to you on that Chelsea and Chris all right uh, let's see now, Yashub hasn't done a question here, but Baruch Hashem, Shabbat Shalom, Yashub. But I believe maybe Yashub's got something to say about the Mohammedan, because I believe that in the past he's had some good insight about the um, Mohammedan. So maybe Yashub can hit us up with a good statement, question, or thought. John Shukel says... Every week, world events go along with what you are teaching out of Revelation. So, how about next week we just skip ahead to the triumphant return? No, that would be just... Uh, let's just skip. I like it. I mean, aren't you just ready to skip ahead to the triumphant return? 
And you know what? That's why you're standing. That's why you're able to stand. And you know what? It's a renewing of the mind daily by the washing of the word. I am so thankful and so humbled, so humbled to know my Savior. And I know you all are too. And it just stirs me to the very core. It just stirs me. I was lost, but now I am found. You want to talk about a woman with long hair? I am as if the woman who was washing Yahusha's feet. And because I have sinned much, I love much. And I know so many of you have that testimony. And that is what moves me in a time like this to keep on soldiering on in spite of the forces of evil being manifest around me. Oh my goodness, he is no longer Diesel Dad. He's upgraded. He has upgraded his status to Diesel Grandpa. <laughs> I love it. Of course, he is now a well, he's not a grey-haired grandpa, because if you, any of you know who I'm talking about, he's got no hair. None. I mean, none whatsoever. He says this. Is it still a good time to be fruitful and multiply? Yes, it is always a good... You know what? People admonish me, if you could say it was an admonishment. No, it wasn't an admonishment. If, it, if, if I had listened to people, I wouldn't have the amazing Bakor firstborn son I am looking at right now here called Moshe. I wouldn't have all of my beautiful children if I had listened to the idiots in the Messianic movement. I'm not saying you're all idiots. Many of us were in the Messianic movement. Oh, you can't, you shouldn't bring children forth into the world in times like this. I mean, well, last time I read the Bible, I've been given a hope and a future and promises. And that promise is to go forth and be fruitful and multiply. So it's a grand time to be able to go forth, be fruitful and multiply because we are the army of Joel and we need to raise up seed and raise up families that love Yahuwah that will be witnesses to the generation that is so lost today. So, yes, let's see. Oh, here we go. Much more truth coming in from Florida. I think you're in Florida, aren't you, Brandon? Yes, I think he is. He says this, are the scorpions, and he does a nice little emoji of a scorpion, tied to the hunters in Jeremiah chapter 16? Yes, because first will be fishers of men, but if you do not listen to the message of the fishers, which is a nice gentle message, then guess what? You'll be left in the nations, and the hunters, the Mohammedan, will come out with a sting of al-Muma and will rage absolute havoc on the nations. And remember, the Islamists, of course, are historically treaty breakers, covenant breakers, and deceived by stealth, as it's written in their book, the Quran, that they're allowed to deceive and lie for the advancement of, of course, their world religion. Now, Shabbat Fellowship, Torah to the Tribe Shabbat Fellowship, says there is a ringing sound. Oh, they do. They say there's a ringing sound. Is there? I don't hear a ringing sound. Here's a question from Ashley O'Brien. 
bottomless pit, is that spiritually the false gospel? Oh, yeah, I mean, you could look at it that way. I like that. Locusts in an imposter brass ephod's army misleading the sheep. See, there's so many different ways to approach it, and that's the difference between the Bashat, the plain sense, the remez, the drash, and the sowed. The text is hinting at something. Now it's an allegory, it's a metaphor, and then we get into a very deep, mysterious interpretation. That's what I love so much about being in this Torah, Malkit Zedek, is that we understand that the word is alive and that there's different approaches to interpreting the scripture, but they must all be in harmony with one another. But this is wonderful. Modesto, Shabbat Shalom, my friend. Modesto Gaza, he says one-third sting only affects unsealed people sealed not possible to deceive look at the symptoms not imagery yeah thank you sting equals paralyzation equals quarantine five months great see look tracking it together laying it out beautifully put modesto beautifully put wow i love that i'm gonna I'm going, to screw, I'm going to make that my screensaver for the week every time I look at my computer. No, that'll get me in a lot of trouble, won't it, in the grocery store <laughs> with that mindset. Much More Truth says, any connection between Apollyon, Abaddon, and Nimrod? Well, possibly, possibly. Let's see. Going strong here. Kelly Lyde says, hallelujah, yes, be fruitful and multiply. That is right, hallelujah. Ah, let's see. Oh, beautiful knowledge says, is the locust army aliens? Okay, so now we're getting on to Project Bluebeam, right? And we're getting on to all of that. There is some, some weird, mysterious stuff. Now, if there are aliens, it's because they're fallen angels, they're Nephilim, and the world, they're going to sell it to them as aliens, right? So it's not really aliens, but there are Nephilim, or the fallen ones, Nephilim coming from Nafal, the Hebrew, to fall. So yes, there's demonic hordes. We're going to look at this next week, of course, coming out of the bottomless pit. We're going to connect it with um, yeah, you, the Euphrates River. We're going to maybe even get, I could even get into the giant of Kandahar, right, in Afghanistan. But yeah, why not, right? I mean, my goodness. So yes, if there is going to be anything coming from the sky, it's going to be a Luciferic counterfeit. And it definitely could be the Nephilim. But I think they're going to use the Blue Beam, Blue Beam um, project to bring forth a deception of projections up on the sky. So um, anyway, let's see what else we've got here. 45 Kimber. I don't know about this. Oh, the Ar-Ar-Ar-Ar. could the ancient Oregon territory be a sanctuary area for the end time tribes do you mean oregon moshe what did we, what was the this would call was called oregon country correct yeah so the name of the area now it's you know the state of oregon all capitals 
of course, which, you know, is a corporation. Um, but it was Oregon country where we live. And there are, um, you know, Kings Valley is down the road. There's Goshen down the road. Sh Salem, of course, Shalem, where, where, where I live, the state capital. Um, there's many, I mean, there's weed. I don't know what that, you know, is that because they're all crazy down there and smoke a bunch of weed? Or were they just growing weeds down? They've got all kinds of strange names around here, but many of them actually are associated with the Bible. Um, let's see what else we got going on here. Oh, this is a great question from Olivia Tate. How do we remain gray men, which we should, if we don't fall in line with their rules? Because we will stand out if we don't, wearing masks, gloves, standing on X's. Well, again, these, these, we have to navigate this one day at a time. We can't project it out like what they're doing, right? Everything is about projection. We don't project out. We live today is the day of salvation, as the writer in the book of Hebrews says, today. I'm not projecting out, okay, because projection is demonic, which is what the... Well, we project this, and then everything fails, because they're false models. It's a Trojan horse of projection and models and constructs and imagery. That's all the words they're using. Projection, model, again, future and past. We live today in the present. Yes. Okay, we're going to go back to Chris and Chelsea's question, which was, let me see if I can find it, it was back here somewhere. Was it red? That's a, that's a million-dollar question. It was a question. What was the question again? It was about the angels. Oh, yeah, Matthew. If the star mentioned at the beginning of Revelation 9 is a sentient being, do you believe that all stars in the heavens are sentient beings, angels? All right. So we were talking about this during the week, Larry and I. So Larry, hit it. Do you want me to read all yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so it says, uh, Mercury is the messenger Gabriel, Luke one nineteen. But put the mic right. Eat, eat the mic. <laughs> so Mercury is the messenger Gabriel, uh, Luke one nineteen, And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of Yahweh, and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. Venus is the bright and morning star, Messiah as priest, Revelation twenty two sixteen. Now this once was the position of Lucifer before he fell, Isaiah fourteen twelve. It in the end it will be given and stand as a remnant. Revelation 2.28. Mars is Michael, the man of war. Daniel 12.1. Jude 1.9. Revelation 12.7. Jupiter is the Messiah as a king and priest. Melchizedek. Genesis 14, mm. 18 and 19. Uh, the New Testament mentions Jupiter, but was wrongly identified. Uh, Saturn is Satan. The bound one, hence the rings. That's interesting, isn't it? I thought that. Yeah. Saturn, 
is Satan, the bound one, hence the rings that bind it in. So I just, yeah, re- right. carry on, yeah. And that's uh, Revelation 12, 9. Uh, to clear confusion on how this works, spiritual to physical, Job 1, 7. And Yahuwah said unto Satan, Whence comest thou the Satan? Then Satan answered Yahuwah and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down it. And it, uh, this to and fro is the key. They are the are moving in the heaven, and this was the only movement they were to make. Through disobedience, they left their first estate, Jude 1, 6, and the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. This is going to and fro. They cannot, or they can appear on earth in the physical or in the heavens as spiritual. This is why he is angered to start great tribulation upon the earth. Revelation twelve thirteen. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. That was it. Great, great. So again, I think that was a great question and gives a good good food for thought. Give us good food for thought. A um, couple more questions we'll take here. Do you think, this is from Much More Truth, do you think that the antibodies they are looking for when they test are tied to the seed of Abraham? And again, from Much More Truth, bottomless pit connected to CERN, definitely. They have Shiva, the destroyer out front, documented to be opening up portals. I know. See, that's the thing. Come on. There's so much that can be taken advantage of when everybody's looking over here. Okay. Now, this is from Machiata. Correct translation of Nephilim. Listen to this is tyrants, I love this one, fellas, as in Rockefellers, not hybrid hybrid beings, etc. Nice one. Like it. Ah, let's see what else we've got here. This is from Garrett. If I butcher your name, I do apologize. Could the sun's light getting dimmer also be a fake so to deceive even the elect yes i do you guys jump in in studio if you have anything as well um mm. let's see here Now, much more truth, you need to type back to this question quickly, okay? Do you think that Jew, D-E-W, is part of the scorpions? I I don't know what Jew is. What's Jew? Do you know? What is it, much more? What's Jew? What does that stand for? Jew. We'll wait and see if he gets back to us. Do any of you in the chat know what Jew is? D-E-W? Diesel Grandpa says chemtrails are used to darken the sky. 
Well, they've been doing that for a long time, haven't they, Diesel Grandpa? Diesel Grandpa. Who does he think he is? Grandpa! That's what he thinks he is. He's loving it. Loving it. I'll be loving it, too. Now, he's, he's from Snohomish. At least the sheriff up in Snohomish took a stand, didn't he? There are a few, get, few good men left. And I know down in Texas, somebody sent me one today, um, a sheriff taking a stand down there and how he's sworn on the Constitution, put his hand on the Bible and says, you know, he's not going to dishonor his oath. So that's an, that's an honorable, there are honorable men around. Oh, okay, much more. Jew, direct energy weapons. Oh, okay, sorry. Of course, I do know what Jew is now. I just didn't get your um, descriptive there. Of course, yes, I do think direct energy weapons are a big part of this. Yes, direct energy weapons. Now everybody's coming in with it. Good. Jew is direct energy weapons. So let me go back to much more. Where was he? Where were we there? So there we go. Direct energy weapons, part of the scorpions. You put a direct energy weapon on a scorpion drone with your six-foot social distancing. Now you've made it perfect for them to activate that. Very much so. Because you have to understand their projection, and of course it is projections of all this, is how they're going to be opening up the world again. Opening it up. They're going to open it up, not on your or my terms, on their terms. And their terms are luciferic from the abyss. That's all I'm saying. So Revelation 9 is extremely, extremely important for us to be able to have these conversations like we're having right now in the chat about these times that we live in and layering the scripture and the prophecies on today's events. And this is why I love it iron sharpening iron because we're all students of the bible we should be filled with his spirit and when we come together like this we can get some really good conversation going so let's keep it up we've got joe joe um shabbat shalom joe passerelle on april the second on passover here we go. The planet Venus entered the cluster of the seven stars Palladius. This has not happened in about 500 years. Yahusha represents the morning star entering seven angels. Very nice comment there from Joe. And then Ola says, I have a question, beloved brother. If the biblical if the biblical heathens called their mighty work, mighty ones Allahim or Elohim, is it wrong to use, oh yes, to use Allah or God as a reference to, to Yahuwah? Yes, yes it is wrong. Now let me tell you, when I was back in Calvary Chapel uh, many, many years ago, I remember that an, uh, a former Muslim that had converted to Christianity came in and um, taught the church and said, oh, you know, the Lord and Allah are the same. That, that is not true. They are two totally different gods. One is a false god, and one is the true living Elohim. Now, 
Yahweh's name is yod Hey wah Hey. How you pronounce that, I know some of you would, would pronounce it one way or another, but we know it's the yod Hey wah Hey. Whereas we also know that Muhammad went into the Kaaba and he chose one of the 360 daily deities to be the Elohim that he would follow and that he would then, of course, get the tribal people in that area around Medina and Mecca to follow by, of course, taking the words of Abraham, taking the truth of the scripture and twisting it into, of course, the pre-Islamic moon god sin. Of course, when you see in the book of Judges, they took the um, necklaces off the camels and the Jericho means moon city. So this war has been going on for centuries, for millennia, even though we know that Islam came about with Muhammad in the sixth century, but before that it was pre-Islamic under the moon god Bel or Sin, one of his names with 99 names and the 62nd name being al Mumat. So we serve the one true living God and we cannot use the name of false gods. Okay, we have to of course abide by the truth of the scripture. Uh, and then thank you Yashub um, agreeing here saying yes Allah is false. Um, thank you Yashub. Yashub, great username there, meaning returning to Yashub or Shuv. Whether that's the bet, it would be the bet, not the vet, right? The bet, Yashub. That's why he doesn't have a username called Yashuv, but Yashub. Like it, like it, very good. Um, Now, 7 Ruach 9 says, Satan has the key to release demons from the pit. This is a future event. It has to happen after the saints are sealed. That's a, um, a great statement there from 7 Ruach 9. Um, and ED says, the Lord is Baal, which we know this again is a true statement and you can even see that in the Webster's Dictionary. Of course the name of Yahweh was being removed close to 7,000 times and replaced with the name or the title Baal the Lord. So with this understanding what ED is talking about, imagine, imagine what side you would stand on in the days of the prophet Elijah, because Elijah said, everybody who's going to go serve the Lord, go over there, Baal. But as for me, I'm going to serve Yahuwah. So the Lord and Yahuwah are not the same. That's part of the deception, just as the pre-Islamic moon god that now goes by the Mohammedan name Allah, is not the same as Yahuwah. Who do you serve? Confusion. That's why being sealed with the name is so important as not to be deceived. Again, in the days of Elijah, 
in the King Jimmy Bible, you'd end up on the wrong side. You'd be going and siding with the Lord. But ah, not the yod Hey wah Hey Yahuwah. So, again, very important. Yashub hits it up again, and he says, just ask any Muslim this question. How did the Creator's name change from Paleo-Hebrew, Yahuwah, to later spoken language Arabic to Allah? It's not an, an ascent. It's a totally different... It's not an accent. It's a totally different name, different God, Yashub, hitting it right out the park for us in the chat. Thank you. I really enjoy um, having so many of you uh, involved in this ministry, and um, Yashub is just another brother that um, has, has come along here, I think more recently, but has got um, some great things to say in the chat, and honorable and respectful, and uh, that, that means a lot. It really does. I know many of you are just making connections and, and hitting each other up on Facebook and on your social media from the connections that you're making here in the chat. And that is, that's amazing. I mean, how many times when we were, we went to church that we were just buzzing, you know, a little, little bit of glad handing and buzz out, but people are actually making connections. And, and some would say, oh, well, social media and it's not real relationships. It's, it's real. When people make these bonds, make these connections, um, it's, it's, a new, it's a new way of communication. And when you're in isolation and quarantine especially, you can't say that these aren't real. I get letters and communication from you from all over the world, and sometimes it moves me to tears. You can't say that isn't relationary. You can't say that. People, what are, there are people back in the day, it's no different than social media or chat, that were pen pals for 30 or 40 years. They were intimately, intimately connected, and then you'd, you'd read about how they would meet one another finally. Well, that's us today. We're like pen pals in the chat medium and the social media. It has value. So don't listen to those that would try and say it has no value because you're not face-to-face. -face. We can FaceTime and Zoom. So we did live in a modern world and you need to make sure that you do not become isolated because people discouraging you to connect. John Schuchel says, and I'm banging on long here, but um, hey, we get to hang out and that's cool. You don't have to stay, I hope you do. John Schuchel says, many in our society are into filthy Netflix shows. That is sad, isn't it? And that's why Netflix stock has gone up through the roof. They watch them and talk about them constantly. Please read the New King Jimmy, Psalms 12.8. It explains perfectly why we are seeing evil. Let's read that together. Psalms chapter 12. Of course, we've been reading through the Psalms because we're on the Om account. And I love to read Psalm 1 on day 1 of the Omer, Psalm 51 on day 1 one of the Omer, and Psalm 101, and on as we go through the Omer count. And um, where, where are we going? We were going to the Psalms, right? Look at me, I'm all over the place. Do you know why? Because I've got so many different Bible translator, translations, and I was using the, the Hebrew one with the order of the scrolls all differently, and now I just like flipping everywhere. Right, 12. 12, 12, 12. Back in the day, we used to say it this way. 
Tehillim. Chapter 12, verse 8. My wife can't stand it when I do that. Reminds her of my ultra. Tehillim. Chapter 12, verse 8. Ultra messianic days. Um, the wicked prowl on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. Yeah, that's powerful. In fact, I want to read the whole psalm. Tehillim 12. Help Yahuwah, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak idly, every one with his neighbor, with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. If you'd listen to some of the governors and their chit-chat, I mean, it's right there, isn't it? Good grief. May Yahweh cut off all the flattering lips. They're telling you what they think, not us, but the populace, what they want them to believe. And the tongue that speaks proud things who have said, with our tongue we will prevail, our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now will I arise, says Yahuwah. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. The words of Yahuwah, they are pure words like silver tried in a furnace of earth. Purified seven times, you shall keep them, O Yahuwah. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. And yes, the wicked, they do prowl on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. And they will get their own just reward. They will get their own just reward. Mad Dog says this. Appreciate the three parties series exposing the apocrypha deception. Well, thank you. I got absolutely hammered by um, that three-part series exposing the apocrypha series. But then again, what do you expect from those that have departed or fastly exiting the faith? So, yes. Diesel Grandpa says, do not bow to these governors and their tyranny. Well, that's because he's up in a nice sanctuary safety city of a, with having a good sheriff about, see? And even the local barber opened up his shop and said, forget it. Um, Kelly Lyday says about 7 Ruach 9, never consent to forced vaccines. Absolutely never consent. Much more truth says, <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm laughing, but it's not blooming funny, but it's so true. And it's not just his governor, it's everywhere. My governor is a 33rd degree mason. He loves triangles. <laughs> oh, don't they love triangles? Of course, of course. Mm -mm. Psalms 28 rocks today on the 28th day of the Omer count. And yes, that's right. We are on the 28th day of the Omer count. So we find ourselves again moving towards 
the wheat harvest. We are being transformed from barley during this time of quarantine, the animal carnal nature. And I know so many of you, like myself, are pressing into Yahuwah, finding your strength, finding your faith, because ultimately we can use this quarantine, whatever they try to do to the flesh of man, it is the spiritual man that's going to rise up and be able to embrace the wheat, that heavenly nature, of course. We move from the animal nature to the wheat nature during the counting of the Omer. Because we are the Sabbath-keeping people of Yahweh. We keep the feasts, we keep the festivals, we keep the Sabbath, and we honor the name of Yahweh. We are marked by the name of Yahweh because we worship the Lamb wherever He goes. He who was slain before the foundations of the world. Yahushua, our Messiah, sits at the right hand of the Father. And we have one who is greater than Moshe that intercedes for us. And today... Today is the day of salvation. If you hear his voice, don't project out to tomorrow. Don't live in the past, but be today. Because today, he is with you, and it is his Shabbat. Hey, thank you for joining us. And again, thank you for your financial support, your donations and stewardship in this time when so many are being pressed hard and shaken. And remember, Give us some thumbs up. Do subscribe to the channel. Thank you all for interacting in the chat. And those of you that are watching this later, hey, make some connections down below in the comments section. Keep it kosher. Keep it biblical. Inspire one another. And we'll catch you next Shabbat live here at Torah to the Tribes. Shalom.